0: Amen. Acts, the second chapter. I give you plenty of time to turn there, because you're going to want to read along. You may never have read this before, so I want you to read with me Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read three verses, beginning with verse number 37 and 38 and 39. Amen. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I feel that spirit in the house tonight. Verse 39, for the promise of the Holy Ghost is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Look at your neighbor and tell him that means you. Amen. I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord for a little bit tonight, and then we're going to have three baptisms at least. I'm okay if we line up and have four, or five, or six. We got time for several to receive their promise tonight. Amen. I just feel the Holy Ghost so well right now. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach. Don't forget your promise. Don't forget your promise. Turn to two or three people and greet them. Tell them don't forget your promise. Amen. You can be seated. God is a God of promise. The scripture is littered with the promises of God. This book that we love and cherish and read and cling to is filled with with promises. Some of those promises are brought to us by the apostles. Many of those promises are brought to us by Jesus himself. Many of the prophets of old even wrote of the promises of God. The promises of God are forever settled in heaven, meaning that he can't go back on it. He's going to always do what he said he was going to do. So when God makes a promise to you, it's not like somebody else made a promise to you because we as humans can make promises and we end up breaking them. Even when we're filled with good intentions, we still end up breaking promises. We want to do right, but the apostle said that when he wanted to do right, evil was present. and He ended up, he said, the things that I would do, I end up not doing them. And the things that I said I wasn't going to do, I end up doing them. It's just... You know, he said it's just, he kind of said it like this. He said... Uh, Who shall deliver me from the body of this death, O wretched man that I am? He starts talking about how that he is so weak and frail and messed up and flawed. And I know there's no people like that out here because you're all perfect people. But uh, your pastor's coming with you being real tonight that I got a lot of flaws and failures and mess-ups and mix-ups and, you know, I, I, I remind my dad once in a while, I was grown before I realized that being born the fifth child in the family and 10 years behind my youngest sister that they probably didn't plan on me. <laughs> so I think I've probably been a, a mess up all along, a mistake, unplanned. And so I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm filled with failures and faults and, and, and I can mean to do well, but sometimes I don't. But God, God is different from us because when God says, this is what I'm going to do. You can take it to the bank because the promises of God are always true. All through the word of God, he leaves promises to his people. He tells us that he is going to to do for us and, and, and be to us. And all of the things that the scripture begins to talk about. And what I've learned over the years is... The thing about promises, I began to look and consider promises, and, and I, I've been thinking on this subject about promises for a long time, and I, I just kind of threw this message kind of together at the, at the last time today because I, I actually had another message in store and was planning to preach tonight, and a complete different message, and we're getting three people are going to be baptized, and I said, it's probably not the time to come and preach about brokenness. So I'll come back and preach that at the time when the Lord says the time and is right. But uh, so I've been I've been thinking, you know, I kind of in my computer, I have this file and this file or all the thoughts that I have. And then you just there's some of them are wacky. And uh, I talked a little bit this morning about, you know, as soon as I finish one sermon, I'm thinking about the next. So I'm driving down the road and I read a road sign and I read a billboard. And it's like, hey, write that down. I might want to preach about that. And uh, so I'm always looking for something to preach, and I had this little promise thing working, and it was putting together. And so today, when when uh, I, I began to think about four o'clock this afternoon, as a matter of fact, I'm in the house and Gentry, and glad to have him home tonight. And he he preached for Brother Rodriguez today, and they had a great service, and had one receive the Holy Ghost there. We thank the Lord for that. And I came in, he said, Dad, what you preaching tonight? And I said, Well, I'm not quite sure. And, And uh, he knew exactly where I was. I said, I I was working on one. I had one completely ready to go. I mean, all I had to do was walk in and and preach it because that's what I have to do now that we have Lebanon service. I don't have a lot of time to prepare. And I said, I I was in Lebanon today and the service went a particular direction. And I said, you want to talk about the Lord changing my spirit? I said, he just made a shift in my spirit. And I said, I thought all along, I've been planning all week to preach this message on brokenness and uh, we're having three baptized tonight. He just started laughing. He said, well, I went in ready to preach this morning, got in the middle of worship service, and the Lord said, nope, that's not what you're going to do. He said, so I just had to flow with what the Lord had given me. And he said, I kind of didn't preach real well today. I just kind of flowed and ministered and let the Lord move. And I said, well, it's inspiration for me. I guess that's what I'm going to do tonight. And so I I walked, opened up my notebook, and I knew immediately where I was going to. I went immediately. I was thinking as I was driving back from Lebanon, and I kind of knew where I was going to go. And so I, I went to these notes and began to pull out some things and began to think about promises and uh some of the some of the thoughts that i had written down about promises began to kind of jump out at me because i i think that the, the scripture is so full of promise because when somebody makes a promise to you it does something to you it gives you hope for the future that's the thing about promises you know i i'm i'm not uh, you know i am i'm i'm I, I'm not a big proponent, but uh, you know some of the guys. You know, is, I'm going to buy my girl a promise ring. Well, that's to give them hope for the future that there's going to be, you know, uh, an engagement ring. I, I don't know. I, I did, didn't do the promise thing. I uh, we didn't really have time. It all happened too quick. She asked me. I mean, we went out on two dates, and she already asked me to marry her. <laughs> Y'all are laughing like that's not true. So um, we, man, I'm getting all confused up here with where I am. Getting to think about this. So they, you know, it's promise. So promises are about hope, and 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 it's to create hope. You know, we we talk. Uh, we we just took a little vacation here. Uh, little over a month ago, a month and a half ago, um, we took a little vacation and, and uh, uh, went down to the lake. We were on the water for three or four days. And um, me and me and Brantley we, and Aiden, we've been talking about this for a long time because that's kind of our vacation, you know. And Brantley, he likes to drive the boat. And so it's the thing we have in common. And so we start talking about going to the lake. So, I, you know, sometimes my wife, she can talk to anybody, particularly kids. She gets on the floor and she can communicate with them. And I get lost in the middle of all The things of life and building churches, and they don't, you know, they don't understand when I'm talking about tuba sixes and tuba eights and. And, uh, you know, six sack concrete. And they, they don't even know what I'm talking about. You know, and I, uh, we're going to build this. and they, They're they're kind of lost in the middle of all of it. And so I, I try to find something that we can we can communicate on. And so uh, I start talking to Brant, Brantley. We're going to the lake. Yep, we're going to the lake. You're going to drive the boat. Yep, I'm going to drive the boat. Who's the best boat driver? Well, he says, you are. And I said, yeah, I am. And I said, who's second best? And he's second best. And so we talk about that. And, and you know, and, and so we always, it's, it's about, Creating hope and something to look forward to, and so uh, my wife made a calendar up for the boys, and it was a countdown. Three weeks out, you know, we've got 21 days, 20 days, and they're counting them off and marking them down and coming down to it. And every time they see me, and uh, you know, we're talking about how many more days we got, and we're going. It's all about creating hope and expectation, and the excitement. And sometimes you ever go on a vacation and get somewhere, and it's like, well, the build-up was better than when we got here. So you know, and that wasn't really the case because we really had a great time and enjoyed our trip, and uh, it was it was wonderful and and enjoyed the time away. But uh, I think that maybe, just maybe, that instead of God just doing things for us, because He had the option of just deciding that I'm going to just do these things every time there's a need, I'm going to supply it. But instead of God just waiting until there's a need and saying out of nowhere. There's a need instead. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give them a little promise, something they can hope for. And so he says in his word, every need I will supply. So I give you a promise so that when you're struggling and going through it, there'll be a promise that you can cling to and look forward to. So when things are going good and you're thinking, well, uh, you know, things are wonderful today, but tomorrow I might go through a problem. But you have a little hope that God gave us. And that's why he gave us promises instead of only giving us answers. See, sometimes He gave us promises that we cling to because the answer doesn't come at the moment that you think it ought to come. And so you're going through struggle and hardship, but you got to cling to a promise and know I've got to hope that this is going to come to pass because He made me a promise that He would never leave me and never forsake me. So I'm going to cling to the promise. And, and, and I know that the expectation is real. And one of these days, He's going to make good on it so I think maybe the reason for the promises instead of just the actions is that he gives us an understanding and opportunity to know some things before we ever get to them because hope and expectation means it hasn't come to pass yet but we have an assurance that it will Someone says hope is the fuel of life. Without hope, nobody even cares to live. It is hope that makes you want to get up in the morning. Without hope, there's the, the reason people commit suicide is because they reach a point of hopelessness. They feel like they're at the end of the road. There's no hope for them. It, it is hope that motivates us. Hope propels us. Hope pushes us to the future. Hope causes us to look ahead with faith and expectation and say, I may be going through it today, but I have a hope. I want you to understand this child of God. He has never given you a promise that, 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 that He is not going to fulfill. So what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is that any promise that the Lord has ever given to you, whether He spoke it to you in prayer, He spoke it to you in worship, He spoke it to you through a man of God, through a prophet of God, He woke you up in the middle of the night or gave it to you in a dream. If it was from God and it was a promise from the Word of God, I came tonight to remember... Mind you, you better not forget your promise because if he promised it, he will fulfill his promise. If God said it, he will perform it. It won't always be in your time. It always won't always be when you think it should. But he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. I come today to tell you that everything you put hope and trust and confidence in when it comes to the word of the Lord, you can stand with assurance. You can accomplish and achieve, but your achievement alone will end up in displeasure with hope for something that is greater. I can't accomplish enough to, 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 to cover what hope will do for me. God promised us a future to hope for, to long for, to reach for. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is a little scripture I use sometimes when people are going through hardship. The Apostle Paul said, "If, if I, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable." Now, that there's another one of those scriptures that gets misquoted all the time. People's like, "Well, you know," he said, "If, if my hope in Christ was only connected to the here and now, I would be of all men most miserable." He said, if my hope in the Lord was only connected to Him healing my body, I would be miserable. He said, if my hope only was connected to miracles, signs, and wonders in this life, I would be miserable. Because that's in this life. He said, if my hope was only connected to here and now and this life, I would be of all men most miserable. Now that was the apostle speaking and he wasn't speaking for you. Because some of you, the only hope you have is that you're going to get more money, better job, feel better, get healthier, better house, better car. See, all the hope is built in the things of this world. And the things of this world is never going to fulfill. So you can have that hope in Christ because if you pay your tithe, support the church, give to missions, do all the things you're supposed to do, give liberally to the, to, the, to the needy, you do all these things, your finances are going to be blessed as the promises of God. It's all going to be blessed. You're going to have more and do more and, and, and you're going to be fulfilled in that area of your life. But the apostle said, if my reaping, if my answer, if my hope is only connected to this world, I would be of all men most miserable. But hope, ladies and gentlemen, has got to be connected to something that is greater than the here and now. It's got to be connected to the hereafter. It's got to be connected to hearing him say, well done. It's got to be connected to walls of Jasper, streets of gold and seeing Jesus face to face. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, for the promises of God in him are yea and amen. He is good. He makes always makes good on his word. See, the world gets caught up in achieving, but achieving is not going to satisfy the hope that you need. You can accomplish even if we achieve our own ambition uh, 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 apart from God's plan. We're going to be miserable. I know people that had a call of God on their life and they started seeking after the things of the world, started going after wealth and finances, and and, and, and that's where, and, and, and they're just miserable in life, miserable in life. You know why? Because you can never replace things of eternity. Your hope that is connected to things that are eternal is much greater than things here. The Lord fixed us so that we would never be satisfied with the blessings of God here. The hope and the promises of God here. The promise of God that is connected to something that is eternal is greater than any promise that is connected here. Some of you would get up and shout, leap for joy, and run the aisles if I told you you're going to get a million dollars at the end of this message. That's right, you would. But if I told you that you were going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, would you get as excited and want to leap and run and... See, our hope's based here. Rather than based on things that are eternal. If I told you that your family's going to be saved, that your children's going to be saved, if I told you that your prayer's going to be answered. See, if we start talking about the hope that's not connected here, is that gonna excite you and make you want to get up on your feet and give God praise to the to beyond comparison? We get We get gratification more about wealth and money and things and prosperity and physical blessings. Alexander the Great wasn't satisfied. Even when he subdued the nations of the world, he wept because there was no more worlds to conquer. He died at an early age in a state of debauchery, depravity and wantonness. He died without hope. Hannibal, who filled three bushels with the gold rings taken from the knights he had slaughtered, committed suicide by swallowing poison. Few even noted his death and he left the world completely unmourned and without hope. Julius Caesar, powerful ruler of the great Roman Empire, conquered 800 cities. You think you've done something? Honored to be stabbed in the back and murdered by his best friend at the scene of his greatest triumph. He died without hope. Napoleon was a feared warrior after conquering most of Europe, leaving a trail of terror, spent the last years of his life banished from his beloved France without hope of ever returning. Adolf Hitler. Germany's nightmare and leader who gained control of Europe during World War II, systematically slaughtered over 6 million Jews, committed suicide in an an underground bunker after he saw that the Allies had turned the tide of the war and had taken Berlin. He died without hope. Strange as it may be, the first step in personal revival or revival in the church is when people become dissatisfied with temporal answers. When we get more excited about something that happens that is eternal, There's not even room for you all to be there. So don't anybody get offended when I say this. But the handful of people that was in that little room this this afternoon in Lebanon when we began to pray after Spencer preached and and, and Brother Joe began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. There were tears streaming down my face. I couldn't get my composure. I looked around the room. These young people and helpers and workers, people were crying. People was dancing. People was worshiping. You know why? Because they got a glimpse of something that is eternal. It's better than money, it's better than fame, it's better than popularity. You can have a good life. God's not against you having a good life. It's the connection that if you think the good life is where it all is, then you're missing the point. We I've got to, We as a church need to become satisfied with status quo life, where we are blessed and have nice clothes, nice cars, nice houses, and nice things, nice family. But we need to get dissatisfied if we are not receiving things of eternal consequences. I'm not knocking anyone's religion. Many of you tonight, I don't know. I don't know your background or where you're from. I'm not knocking anybody's religion. But I'm going to make a real strong statement tonight. I'm not knocking anybody's belief in God. But my question for you today is the same question that the Apostle Paul asked the believers in his day, they were believers. In Acts chapter 19, if you want to turn there with me, I'll just read his account with what he said to a group of believers. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost? You know that promise that I read to you about a little bit ago? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That's right, I'm not knocking you believing. But if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, I got a question for you. I got a challenge for you. Why haven't you? Don't you want it? Are you caught up wanting wealth and money? Or do you want the promise of eternal life that is found through the gift of grace that is spoken about in Acts chapter 19? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Here's what they said. Be seated for a second. I want to teach you a little bit. They said unto him, Hmm, we haven't even heard so much as whether there be any Holy Ghost. I don't know nothing about that. What can I believe in something that I don't really know about? That's what I'm trying to help you understand. This is what this is what the writer said. I'm trying to help you understand it. Peter said, I'm trying to help you. Uh, Paul said, I'm trying to help you understand this. I'm trying to help you get this. And he said unto them, "Well, how, unto who were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. He said, well, good. John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance. It's good to repent and believe on the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. I commend you. If you're here tonight and you've believed on the Lord and, you've been, and you have repented, good for you. I commend you. That's a great step. But I want to ask you, did you forget the promise? Because the promise that the Apostle Peter preached about on the day of Pentecost He went on and said, it's for you, it's for your children. Well, I thought they stopped giving that Holy Ghost out on the day of Pentecost. No, he said, it's for you, it's for your children, it's for their children too. He goes on and saying, to as many as the Lord our God shall call. About 2.50 p.m. in a little karate studio in Lebanon, the Lord looked down on Joe and said, it's your day. Here's your promise. Here's your promise. I mean, he's still giving it out. Don't let somebody tell you he's not. Because I was there and he gave me the Holy Ghost. And I witnessed many of you receiving it. It's still a promise that he's giving out today. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. (laughs) Here in just a little bit, we're going to roll this cover back. We're going to take three people down at least. I'd love for some more of you to join. Because if you were baptized... And they didn't call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't do it according to Scripture. They did it according to some church creed or man's creed. When we baptize tonight, Brother Brandon's going to baptize the Spencer's going to baptize tonight. But when they take them down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, here's what they're going to say. Upon the profession of your faith in the Word of God, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. See, that's, what, that's what Acts 2.38 said. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The moment they go down in water, when they come up, there is a promise that belongs to them. Don't have to work for it. Don't have to beg for it. It's a promise that God said, I'm wanting to give you. It's your promise. Would you get your eyes off of money and wealth and fame and fortune and start seeking after something that is greater, something that is eternal. There is a promise that belongs to you. Somebody says, well, I was baptized a long time ago, but I never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Did you forget about the promise? I'm here tonight trying to remind somebody that the promise is to you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. So are you satisfied being just like you are or do you want your promise? Maybe you feel like you're too bad for grace. I want to introduce you to several people tonight that might have thought they were too bad for grace. Do I have any witnesses in the house? Do I have anybody in the house that said, I was bad. I was way off. I was messed up. And God brought me a mighty long way. Delivered me out of the bar room. Delivered me out of alcohol. Delivered me out of drugs. I was way off. But he delivered me and brought me out. Some folks have been praying and God's given you a dream. You got to hold on to that dream. God's given you some promises. You got to hold on to it. I just wonder right now if some of you in the middle of this message that I'm preaching would dare to begin to think about some of the promises that God has spoke to you. I am trying to build and increase your faith tonight because I believe if I can cause you to believe that God can do anything in your life even the promise that seems so distant and so far away if I tell you that God can give you that promise tonight I want you to know that I believe with everything within my heart that when your faith begins to leap out and you begin to believe him and trust him your promise will come to pass it is connected to your faith according to your faith so So be it unto you. How many of you are in the room tonight and have some promises that the Lord's made to you that you haven't seen fulfilled. But you want to see that promise fulfilled. Come on look at the hands that are around you. Some of you need to let your faith out tonight. And begin to believe God's going to fulfill my promise. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. He made a promise. He's not slack concerning his promises. God told Israel, He said, You got to go out and possess your possess the land. He said, You got to go possess. He promised it to them, but then he told them, You got to go out and possess the land. God promised the land. It was 40 years later before they ever entered into it. But God is faithful to his promises. When he gives you a promise, you can take it to the bank. I have a word for CLC tonight. God wants to fulfill. His promise. There are some things that God promised some of you years ago. And I want you to know that God will fulfill His promise. I heard the voice of of the Lord today whisper into my ear. Tell my people to begin to walk toward their promise. I believe he said to somebody I'm going to give all the land that you can walk through I'm going to give it to you. Here is the issue. Faith said stand and look around and and, and faith doesn't say stand and look around and let God bring you a title to the land and give it to you and you see how much land he gave you and then you walk into it. Hear me tonight this may be the most important thing that I've said to some of you that feel a call of God on your life. Let me tell you what you've got to do. You've got to step out into the land and begin to walk through it. You've got to walk through the land and begin to claim it. This is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine. The Lord told told him, Walk through the land, and withersoever your feet shall walk, that I'm going to give to you. Here's what I'm trying to speak to some folks tonight. You've got to start walking in the land by faith. I got a promise. And I'm standing on the promise. And I'm going to walk my faith through that land until it becomes mine. Some of you missed what I just said. But a handful of you just got what I'm preaching to you. You got to get up and start acting like it's mine. You got to start living like it's mine. You got to start talking like it's mine. Stop talking about what's wrong. Start talking about the answer. Start talking about the solution. Start talking about how he's going to make a way. Come on, somebody needs to claim their promise tonight. Somebody needs to start walking toward their answer tonight. Somebody needs to claim their territory. Claim your family. Claim your victory. Claim your lost loved one. Claim your healing. Walk toward your financial recovery. Toward your promise because whatever you walk in God's going to give it to you if you're in the room tonight stand with me if you're in the room tonight and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost it's your promise and I'm going to tell you what the Lord wants to do In the midst of more distractions than what I care to mention right now, I want to tell you what the Lord is wanting to do in this house right now. There's some folks that have heard what I've preached. And you know that I have spoken to you directly from the Lord tonight. There are some promises that God is wanting to give you. And if you'll take a step of faith and declare tonight, I'm not leaving without my promise. I'm not walking out of here without my promise. If you'd get bold enough in faith to declare, I'm not leaving without my promise, I believe that God will give you exactly what you need tonight. Hands raised all over the building right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give courage. Give courage and faith right now to your people. Give courage and faith right now. I open these altars. You want to step out from where you are right now? The Lord is calling. The Lord is speaking. The Lord is speaking. There's a promise that belongs to you tonight. Somebody want to claim their promise tonight? Somebody want to claim their promise. Claim your promise. Claim your promise. now is there anybody in the house that is desperate for your promise tonight anybody desperate for your promise I want you to push through the crowd I want you to push your way right up here to the front tonight I want you to push through the crowd tonight push beyond and get here to the front tonight you're desperate for your promise in the name of the Lord